Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Welcome to the Coach HP Show, the number one positivity podcast in the world. It's official. We're the number one positivity podcast in the world. We just got the numbers, and the numbers don't lie. Number one positivity podcast in the world. No podcast is pushing more positivity than this one. With that said, please subscribe. Join the positivity movement. Subscribe, give us a review, give us some love. Please subscribe to the podcast because you'll be able to listen to people like my man, Jared Glant, president of Grant Cardone Enterprises, Grant Cardone's company, the man who created 10X, the man who teaches us all how to sell and crush it. Jared, great dude, honest, authentic vulnerable, passion, man, passionate about selling, passionate about being authentic, passionate about knowing, knowing the process, passionate about winning. Without further delay, let's get right into it. I love this episode, talked about a lot of good things. Please, if this is in the 22nd of September, if you have a chance, check out 10X, uh, Grant's doing, Grant Cardone's doing a live 10-day challenge. Get a part of that 10-day challenge. It's free. Get a part of it. Get yourself to that level that these dudes are on. Without further delay, I give you Jared Glant. Let's go. where this thing goes here hold on three two hold on boom jared we're, we're, we're on i was just asking ivan do you find yourself googling words i just did a live stream right now that i think jared was the most positive live stream in the history of the internet wow and i had somebody from egypt like put positive vibes from egypt and i was going to put it on my ig post right now but i don't know how to spell egypt so i went to google <laughs> <laughs> and I go, do you want, does that happen to you, man? Cause you know, I'm an immigrant. I mean, dude, I'm, you're an immigrant. I'm an idiot. I have to Google everything. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's, it's the God's gift to, to people who are slow. Uh, you, you said it, brother. You said it, dude. I'm such a fan of your vibe and what you do, Jared. How important is it in what you do, man, that energy and vibe you bring to the table, bro. You know, I think that it's energy and vibe is important to life, you know, like the, 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 the lens that you look through everything at is going to determine your experience. And, you know, it's like, you know, those super positive people who like, no matter what they're like, you know, oh man, this is great. And you're like, mom, this is terrible right now. Like they always have a way to spin things around because they have this lens that they look through. Uh, the world is different to them. And I think that if you have the ability to, to adopt that, you can, you can have the same experience in life, but it will be very different if that makes sense. You know, like, like the person who's, who's struggling to pay their bills. It's like, thanking God every day. I'm blessed. I've got my health. I've got my family. And then other people that are broke, they're bitching every single day about their bills and their boss and all this other stuff. So you know, I think your vibe and your attitude is is critical. It, it's it's critical to your satisfaction 
in life, you know. Have you always been that way or is this something you picked up later on in life? You know, I think to, to say that I've always been like that is probably an overstatement. I've always been optimistic, but I think things really changed for me when I got really clear on what I wanted to get out of life and then started putting the pieces in place to get on that path. And then when you start seeing the thing that you actually want that seemed impossible at one point, and you start seeing progress towards that, you start building momentum. You're like, damn, dude, you know, life's good. I got a beautiful wife. I got two beautiful kids. I'm making money. I'm helping a ton of people. Like, man, I ain't got a whole lot to bitch about. <laughs> you got a great hairline going there. Great set of hair. You can't lose. Look at that, bro. <laughs> dude, do you miss at all living in California? Is that where you were born in San Diego? Oh, yeah, man. How could you not? That weather, huh? Oh my gosh. You know, the bit, you, you know, it's not, it's not the best business state taxes suck. Uh, but the food's awesome. The weather's awesome. You, you know, there's trade-offs, you know, when I moved out to, when I moved out to Miami, we, um, I, 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 I ended up my, my, uh, rent here, uh, then some was covered by the money that I saved in taxes. And I was like, man, I got a bigger place. I tripled up on what I was spending on rent. I still got more money than I had before. I'm like, man, this is, this is something else. So then you start, you start, well, maybe I can take a few trips a year to California. Maybe go out there for a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, try and get a little taste. For sure, for sure. How, how does it feel being one of the few Americans here in Miami, bro? Does that feel good or no? Well, you know, somebody's got somebody's to carry the flag, you know? You know, I got <laughs> You know, come over here and, and, uh, and I'm, and I'm, and I don't, I'm not, I wasn't blessed with like a, a dark complexion, you know, I'm, I'm pasty, pasty white, so, uh, you know, I stand out a little bit. <laughs> that is awesome, dude. That is awesome. Your, your honesty, man, looking at your history, how you pretty much called yourself out in your twenties and how there isn't people, especially during our time back then helping dudes out in their 20s. I had a give you a little context on me. I'm kind of known like the baseball. Baseball's where I popped, but yeah. I became the kid whisperer. Mm -hmm. So people started reaching out to me to help them with their kids. A lot of parents, a lot of kids in their 20s. Yeah, and yeah. in the research that I started to do, Jared, I started to notice that they say that the front part of our brain isn't fully developed for the male, bro, till we're at least 24, 25. Mm -hmm, that explains a lot. So that explains a lot of stuff that we did, whether it was good, bad, whatever, man. One of the things I like a lot about you is that you're completely honest with your substance use in the past. You call yourself out a lot on that. Man, that honesty, I think it's huge, especially it plays very well today. Have you always been like that or is that something you picked up after? Yeah, no, I've always been honest to a fault, you know, uh, to other people, to myself, you know, to girls. Like it was always, it was always, it, it, it was always the natural thing for me to do. Like it takes so much energy not to be honest that I just couldn't keep up with, I, I could never keep up with it. I'm just like, you know, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. I'm just going to say what, what's true for me, what's real for me, what's on my mind. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't, you know, uh, I'll get another at-bat. You're absolutely right. I think you're the kind of guy that I feel landed in the perfect situation, like in the perfect team. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because you don't have an ego. You're a team player. And in the system that you're in right now is perfect, dude. Did you see that when you came in? Did you see those signs? Well, you, you know, there were three employees when I started and none of them were there anymore. So it was, it was a different thing. I think what I saw was, you know, looking back when I was kind of getting, trying to figure life out, you know, I had a good job selling advertising when I was in my twenties or early twenties. I just turned 21. I was making almost 200 grand a year living at home with my parents. So I didn't even know what kind of job I had at that point. Uh, but then I made a bunch of bad decisions and got into a bad way. I was on unemployment, was broke. I was a loser, smoking weed every day. And um, I remember when I, I started seeing some videos from Grant. My dad actually sent me a video of Grant on YouTube. And I saw it and I was like, immediately, this guy like literally like punched me right in the face. Like 
you're an idiot. Like you're an idiot. You're capable of more. Dude, you think you, you think you got problems? Dude, you ain't got shit for like, you know, like he was just real and raw and, and gave me, you know, not a smack, but like punched me in the mouth. And and then when I started getting them more of the content, not just the the wake up call, it was like I kept saying, man, if I would have only known this when I was 20, oh my gosh, you just said this and the customer said that. If I would have just known that when I was getting started, like what what could have been different? How much better could I have done? And and so I think for me, the thing that I saw was a solution to a problem that I personally experienced. And I think that's why in the beginning I was able to push through, you know, Grant was not Grant when I started working for him. You know, he, he didn't have, there was no Instagram. Uh, he had a Facebook channel or an Instagram, uh, I'm sorry, YouTube with maybe 30 videos on it. He had a private Facebook page. I mean, this was going back. Like there wasn't, there, you, you, were, you opened the show saying, it, man, like there, was, there wasn't people back then talking about success and how to get better and because the channels just weren't even established yet. Like, right, 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 right. you know, so uh, I think for me, once I saw that, for me, it validated a lot of the questions that I had and also showed me the answer. And so I'm a, 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 a purpose driven person and, and I, and I do like to make money, but I also like to make an impact. And, and I thought, man, there's so many people out there that need this. And that's why I resonate with, with young people so well, because man, like there's so many questions that people have when they're in their twenties about what they want to do and how they're going to do it and how they're going to make money. And, and there aren't a whole lot of resources that they, it might, in my growing up in my time could have used. And then today you don't know who to trust. There's so many people trying to help you out. You're like, yeah, it's out of control. It's out of control. Let me, you're, let me ask you a question. Your dad. Yeah. Me and my dad are completely the opposite. The guy prepared me for everything in life, but except to deal with him. So completely the opposite. But your dad, the fact that he was able to have the self-awareness with himself and with you and understand like, man, this grand guy, I think this guy is going to help you. How similar are you to your dad? Does, is he an entrepreneur dude? Is he a corporate dude? Like, how's that vibe? So my dad, my dad and I are are similar in a lot of ways and, and, and very dissimilar in, in a lot of ways. Um, he grew up on a ranch in the Midwest. He, his, his family, uh, boarded horses. So, you know, he was waking up really early. I think that's um, without a doubt, that's where I got the work ethic from is because he grew up doing hard work. He moved to, uh, Newport beach when he was, I think in his early twenties, and, and just, you know, got ended up, you know, just figuring it out, hustling, but he was always, he was always an employee. And I think that's the thing that, you know, my dad never talked about becoming a millionaire to me. He never talked about, you know, making big real estate investments because he wasn't doing that because he didn't know any better. Nobody taught him. And so I think for me, although I had a great upbringing, I was always like, how do I get the big thing? How do I chase that big goal, that big win. Um, and, and that's what Grant represented for me is that kind of that financial education piece. Um, but me and my dad are, are you know, he, he likes to deal with people. He's uh, in the motorcycle business. He runs a Harley Davidson store here in Miami. Um, but we both like people, but in, in different ways. He's super analytical and and I'm more uh, influential, I guess you could say, you know. Do you drive motorcycles? I grew up never, never on the street, but I grew up riding anything with a motor and wheels off road. Nice, dude. Nice, nice, nice. You know, so it was, it was, it's a fun, you know, Southern California, you grow up down there, you, you surf, you wakeboard, you snowboard, you ride dirt bikes. You There's know. nothing like taking a, a bike down the PCH, bro. That's like the best, the best, the best, the best. Yeah. As you are where you are now, man, president, you have, what, like 300? How many employees do you have under you? Uh, we have 165 employees. So your people skills have to be through the roof, man. You got to be. You, it reminds me a lot of what you do reminds me a lot of the nightclub business. Because mm -hmm. the nightclub business, I I was at a club called Hide in the Bellagio. Mm -hmm. And for four years. And you, you could literally throw the best party of your life on Friday. 
But guess what? The club has to open again on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And you can't be with this like, oh, we did great yesterday, but today, because every day is like your Super Bowl every single day. How do you motivate your people to have the same enthusiasm, to have the same vibe that you have, man? Yeah, you know, I think that in, in there's a different answer to that based on different groups of people or people who have different roles within the company. I think, you know, intrinsically with any company, you're going to get people who show up to have a job. And your job is to create enough of a vision in the company for them to show up and and get behind what you're doing um, so that, you know, there's like um, – there's something else that's keeping them there besides the paycheck. They're probably not going to be the ambitious person that's trying to move through promotions and all that stuff. They just want to show up. They want to get a consistent paycheck. They don't want to have any drama or problems. And Hey, if I like what I, you know, the company is about, then that's a bonus. And so I think you want to paint a, a vision of the company and the impact that you're making for those. Then I think there's the others who, who want to ascend and grow uh, within the company. And then your job is to, you know, bring those people under your wing and, and identify what's important to them and make sure that you're providing them with enough access to information and access to enough uh, of uh, understanding how the company works, the inner workings of the company to allow them to move through, that have some mobility within the company and move through different roles. And then I think you have people that, uh, you know, no matter what they're going to leave, they're the top performers and your job is to, you know, get what you can from them while they're with you. And, um, you know, if you can, if you can impart anything that will help them along the way in your journey, then do that too, you know? Jared, when, when it comes to, to the energy and the vibe of, of what Cardone University is, uh, from an outsider looking in, you know, we, we think energy, we think hard work. But, but I think the one thing that sets you guys apart is really the confidence that you bring to the table. And I think for a salesperson, that is key. Is that something that you guys touch on when you bring people on board? Well, confidence comes from knowing. And and if you have the ability to not just get people excited, but you can give them tactics and strategies that will allow them to win in the marketplace, then those wins create confidence and momentum. And so, when you tell a salesperson, when the customer says this, you say that. And they're like, I don't know if that's going to work. They have all these doubts because they've never done it before. And then they do it and it works. Their, their eyes light up. You see their, their, their energy changes. And it's not because I said something to inspire them. It's because I showed them a tool in order to do a job. And now they have another tool in their toolbox. And then when you fill that toolbox up, what ends up happening is their confidence levels are so high, not because they feel good or they got a good attitude, but it's because they know if they get called to do a job, they have the right tool in the toolbox. You know, the, the you, Grant just got off a project and I can tell a little bit more about this now than I had in the past, but he just got finished shooting a show called Undercover Billionaire where they take you, they put you in a city where nobody knows you, they change your identity, they give you a hundred bucks, a cell phone and a busted ass truck and you got to build a million dollar business in 90 days. Now you take a guy like Grant, you strip everything away from him, including all of his money. Is he broke? No, no way. Because he has all the skills and the resources up here to go out and replicate what he did with a lot of the the uh, the uh, the knowledge of the mistakes and the pitfalls and the shortcuts. And I mean, he 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 just seeing him in that environment reinforced to me. That, that the skills that you learn and the knowledge that you have truly are things that can never be taken away from you. And that's why you have those cliches that's like, you know, uh, an investment in yourself is the best investment you can make because it can never be taken from you. And it's so easy to say, but when I actually get to see it in practice, it, uh, it's a pretty solid reinforcement of, of why people say that. Well, well, as a salesperson myself, I, I really love what you guys are doing. And when it comes to your podcast as well, The Young Hustlers, I, I love the fact that, you know, you take calls that are live and, and you have dudes that are struggling, trying to figure out their pitch. What should they say? And, you know, it, it's awesome. Like when you're teaching them and, and just that knowledge that you're passing along, you could hear on the phone 
how this individual is processing and is saying, man, you know, I didn't think of that. And, and the way you're impacting people, I love it. So great job on that, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a show that we, um, you know, again, the purpose of that show really initially was when we moved out here seven and a half years ago, I was 20 or no, I was 29 years old and, and we had just, uh, moved out to Florida. We were getting the podcast thing cranked back up and all that stuff. And, and it was like, I was like, man, there's so many young folks that don't have a good role model to follow and trying to figure out like their parents were like my parents. They didn't teach them this stuff. They, they got to figure it out on their own. And in that case, it means most of them don't. And so for me, it was like this grant, we got to do this because people want to get access to information and they don't want it from their dad's crusty golf buddy. And, and then half the time they don't even have access to this information. So like, how can we be the people that do it? And that, that show was born seven years ago. We've been doing a weekly show for seven years. Jared, do you shoot, you film that once a week, a couple of days? How do you film it? Yeah. So every Thursday at noon, uh, East coast time, we go live. Uh, we initially go live through Facebook, you know, we go live through all the social platforms and then we package it up and, and run it as a podcast. How do you, how did you vote, look at content before? Because one of the thing of joining, hold on one second, hold on, hold on. There we go. One of the things of joining that team is content and how you guys look at content. Did it take you a while to become comfortable with having a camera in front of you, stuff like that? Yeah. Or were you like instant, ready to go? I mean, I think that, um, you know, without a doubt, you get more comfortable the more times you, you do something. I mean, I used to have to have notes and plan and prepare. I mean, I could do a two-hour podcast uh, if you gave me a topic with three minutes of preparation. So I think, I think that you just, the, the level of comfort comes in less of a need to like spend a lot of time planning and preparing and, and knowing when to, you know, when you can kind of just run and, and run down a, a, a rabbit hole and, and, and have an interesting discussion that maybe wasn't even planned for just because it presented itself. And so I think the comfort gives you the mobility inside the, the, the interview or the content creation or whatever to explore things and just know you know how to get back on the main road. And and so I think that was a big thing for me. Just and it was just all came through repetition, you know? Repetition, huh? Mm -hmm. Jared, what's your favorite type of music? Man, I I, I listen I listen to house music, I listen to country music, I listen to hip hop, I listen to 80s, I listen to like I, literally uh, it, it, it depends on the day of the week, but today, today, what'd you hear today? Did you hear anything today? Uh, I was listening to uh uh uh, Jay-Z, uh, reasonable doubt, uh, uh coming over. Nice. Here. Nice. Yeah. Dude, so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think man, as, as you do more and more of these podcasts and you do a lot of this stuff, man, and now you have one yourself, what in your opinion makes a good podcast? Because I'm sure you have enough experience now where you're sitting there and you go, Oh, this is going to suck, man. This is just going to be horrible. <laughs> what, what makes you intrigued in a podcast? I mean, for, for me, you know, um, I love doing shows that are, that have a very, very clear defined outcome going into it. So I do a lot of like three things you need to know about this five ways that you can get better at this. Um, you know, uh, it, it, for me, it, it gives me boundaries for the show, but I think it also communicates to the viewer what they can expect to get out of it. And you know, my, my show, we, we don't, we don't on, on that show on the young hustler show, we don't really do uh, interviews. We don't, we don't have guests really, uh, unless it's people from within our, our uh, office. And then in that case, like we're highlighting something that they did and then using it as a way to, to, to fill out content for the show. But that show is really educational. Like it, it's, it's really, for me, it's a vehicle for me to get on and, you know, talk about things that I've learned working for Grant. I've got perspective and access to a guy that, you know, people, people pay a hundred grand to do coaching with Grant. So it's like, and I have access to him behind the scenes. And I got to say that I, I have rarely asked Grant for help on anything. The biggest gift that he can give me is the ability to just look. And so uh, I think less than 10 times in the 10 years that I've been with him, I've said, Hey, I need your help with X or, Hey, what do you think about X? 
for me, his, the mentorship I get from him just comes from watching and, and listening to the way that he handles conversations and looking at how he approaches things and how he views things. Cause it's very, it's a very contrarian perspective. And a lot of people, when he does stuff, it makes them like pause for a second. Um, but there's always a, a way, a reason he's doing things the way that he's doing. And that's, that's been a great education as well. You know, I totally understand that, bro. How do you now, because when you're with somebody that's so successful, how does it not become Jared Cardone? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you go, okay, I'm going to grab that, but then I'm not going to do that. I'm going to use this, use that. How do you manage that? Well, you know, I think that the, the, the underlying principles that Grant talks about are the thing that everybody needs to look for and identify and replicate. But Top I, three principles, Jared. Top three principles. Give them to me. Uh, you know, uh, massive action, like massive levels of activity. Uh, you, uh, you have to have the right approach, uh, with things, uh, meaning that you like in a sales process, for example, and you have to have a great attitude. Uh, if, if I were to pick three, so like attitude, approach, action, a cubed, there we go. A cube. Uh, I love it. (laughs) So, you know, but, and, and, and like, if you think about just those three things, for example, like if you have a great attitude, but you, uh, uh, and, and you have a great approach, you know how to talk to people, but you don't take enough action, you know, your, your success will diminish. And if you, uh, have a, take a lot of action and you have a great sales pitch, but you, uh, have a bad attitude, then your production's going to be hit. So, you know, it's just always this like molding and, and fit, you know, figuring of, of how to make things work for you. And, and I think that people oftentimes are turned off by Grant because of the surface level, superficial uh, thing that gets talked about or said, or the way he's packaged something, but you always have to figure out like, like that's the way Grant does it. It's not the way I'm going to do it or the way I need to do it. But what I need to understand is that underlying principle that he's trying to communicate and then go out and replicate that in my own way. And I think that if anytime you're dealing with any mentor or anything like that, like you need to look for like, what is the thing that they are trying to communicate? And then how do I make that my own? Because if you try to replicate things the way that some people do them, it will not be possible for you. And, and you will find disagreements along the way and you will have issues and, and you're always going to have problems because uh, you're trying to do something that is not natural for you to do. And I can't agree with you more, bro. Yeah. I, uh, I lived in Los Angeles for s- six years. The first six months I slept in a car in the Hollywood Hills. And my positive attitude, my Cuban charisma, whatever got me into all the circles. What what didn't make me more successful was I lacked identity. I had identity issues. So uh-huh. I would act like somebody else and I would do this and while being around the most successful people on the planet because I was very good with their kids. But I lacked in that. Yeah. So that, to me was a, a mistake that I made that now at 41 is different because I'm comfortable now and I could say this and that. So I think that that you said, man, was really, it's really, really, really important. Yeah. And I think, I think that identity, you know, um, some people struggle to figure that out ever. And, and I think that the way that you do figure that out is you just, uh, you have to get punched around a little bit, you know, like you have to experience life a little bit. Um, because if you are naive and you haven't experienced any obstacles or challenges in your life, um, then when they come, uh, it tests your definition of who you think you are. And, and I think the more challenges you go through, certainly living in a car is going to teach you a lot about yourself. Um, I know that, that me going through that kind of low point that I had taught me a lot about myself and more importantly taught me a lot about uh, the things that I never want to experience again in my life. Much like you and sleeping in your car, you know, I slept on a freaking air mattress for almost two years. Like uh, it, uh, I had the same set of clothes, you know, four or five sets of clothes, but that was all I had, you know, and I couldn't buy new clothes. And, you know, I, I, I just remember that. And that is the thing that I'm like, I'm never going back there again. And so when I have to make decisions about an investment or, you know, decisions about my future, 
Like I'm working to create a, 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 a massive chunk of passive income for myself uh, in a very secure asset that can never be destroyed. So I invest all my money in apartments with Grant because I know that those apartments are going to be around forever. Uh, and that gives me the confidence of knowing that, man, I'll be in a situation where, uh, you know, pending a nuclear disaster, uh, I won't ever have to go back there. That's awesome, man. That's, that's, that's where everybody wants to be. Mistake you see young people make. Because I'm sure now you've seen enough formula of enough situations to be like, oh, this one's going to make a mistake. That one's going to make a mistake again. What are the common mistakes you see? Uh, I'll say this in two ways. Number one is the wrong why or a, um, an undefined why. And, and this is, in my mind, the single biggest opportunity in the younger gen generation. Um, too often, society, parents, school, they, they, um, they push people to figure out what they want to do rather than what they want to have. And this is a bit of a contrary to, to what people say, and some people may totally disagree with me. But for me, the thing that gave me infinite amounts of clarity in my life was when I figured out what I wanted to have, like what, what, and, and not just in terms of like material things, but like when I think of when I'm 60 years old, what type of life do I want to have? Where do I want to live? If my kids are in school, where did they go to school? Uh, you know, uh, where do I vacation? Who do I bring with me? What kind of cars do I drive? What type of charities do I support? What do me and my wife have the ability to do? What about my parents? Like, like I have to go fast forward and define what I want my future to look like and forget about the method because trying to figure out what you want to do the rest of your life is the most ridiculous question that you could ask anybody who's 20 years old because that front brain thing that you talked about earlier, right? That front brain, bro. You said so, it. <laughs> so, like, so for me, it's, and I think for, for most people uh, that are in their 20s, which is when you're supposed to try to figure shit out, yeah. um, you, uh, it's easier to think with what you want your life to be like rather than how you're going to get there. And for me, it was always easier to figure out, like you, I'm sure, like you were sleeping in a car, you're scrappy, you figure out a way to make it work. You don't know how you're going to make money. You don't know how you're going to meet that person. You don't know how that stuff's going to happen, but you know what outcome you're going for. And so I think for, for most people, if they could get crystal clear on the outcome that they're looking for in their life. And again, for me, I call it the ideal life. What's the ideal life at 60 years old look like or 65 or whatever. Right. Define everything, like draw it out, spend four hours, spend half a day doing this. Like what's half a day to, to figure out what you want to, what you want your life to look like. Right. So spend a half a day doing this, get crystal clear. Then don't stop there. Figure out how much that life's going to cost. So for me, when I go through my ideal life at 60, I go, okay, this is everything I want. Next question I have to go is how much is it going to cost? And then the next question is, do I want to be working at this point or do I want passive income to pay for all this stuff? Ooh, I want passive income to pay for all this stuff. Well, how much do I need to have invested at whatever rate of return I'm calculating in order to have the passive income to afford me that lifestyle? And then I get the number of 10 million or 3 million or 30 million. And then now I have a target. Now I can start getting creative to figure out how to get the target. But I didn't start with some dumbass question like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I right. said, you need to figure out how to get 30 million. And then I can start making decisions today that get me closer to that target and not worried about what it looks like, but I'm looking for the opportunity. And if that means that I'm going to create some business picking up old food from a restaurant or trash or something like who knows, who knows what it's going to look like, but you got to get clear on the outcome that you're looking for and the method will reveal itself. And so the more reverse engineering it basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting down. If you, if you're like, I'm in a role right now where I can, I can break a number down to, you know, what, how many, how many calls do we need to make today? Right. And if you can, if you can break down, if you can break your, your goal, this is the difference between a goal and a target. If you can break your goal down to a target, then you have immediate feedback on if you're moving closer or further away from your target. 
or from your goal. So goal, big picture. What is the thing you're trying to achieve for the year, for the next decade, whatever, and work that all the way back to how many of X do I need to do today to get there? And then at the end of the day, you go, did I do X or not? And if you didn't, you fell short. You got further away from your target today. But guess what? You can correct it tomorrow. But if you don't have targets and you can't measure it on a daily basis, if you don't have a clear outcome that you're going for, you don't even have it. You can't. It's not possible to have targets to measure on a daily basis. That's when you end up in a situation where five years go by. You're like, oh, man, where'd the last five years go? And dude, I have people that we talk to that are in our groups that are in their 60s that have never asked these questions to themselves. Wow. Imagine that, dude. Imagine you got 20 years left to live and you're like, wow, for the first time ever, I'm actually trying to think about what I want my life to look like. You know, that's and, that's, that's, and that's not too late. Like, dude, I went from broke to millionaire in four years. It ain't ever too late for anybody. But that's 100%. 100%. You know, track, man. But, but see what, what you guys do, man, and, and I love it. And part of part of your podcast, you know, you touched on, on the targets. You guys really dedicate the time to teach a salesperson how to sell. And, and that job used to be the sales manager's job, the director's job. But unfortunately, I think nowadays that director and that sales manager is too focused on their personal numbers to really dedicate time to grow their team to develop them. And by watching your podcast, being part of the Cardone team, I think that that foundation is what you guys bring to the table that's missing nowadays. Yeah, yeah. like shame on you if you're waiting for somebody to come teach you how to do things. Like, you know, I understand 20 years ago when there was no internet, but you got people that are listening to the show right now that are bitching about their situation and they're not doing anything about it. I mean, dude, I, I know kids that like literally broke, struggling, ran, you know, left their parents' house when they were 18, 19 years old and they start just getting scrappy. Next thing you know, they have a web-based business. They're making two or three million bucks a year. Like it's, it's the time is better now than it's ever been for people to go out and self-educate the things that they're interested in for the skills that they need in order to achieve their uh, ideal life or to get on track for that. Like shame on you if you're not out there doing it. You're lazy. You're making excuses. Like it's now, now is the time to do this. And, and if now isn't the time or you can't make that connection, I guarantee you it's because you have not figured out your why. What is your outcome? Almost every single time when people are like, well, I don't know why I should do this or how I should do that. Or, you know, I can't really keep a job or what every single time it goes back down to, I'm like, well, what, dude, what, what do you want your life to look like when you're 50, 60 years old? Oh, Tara, you're so right. You're hundred percent right. One of the questions I get about 500 to a thousand DMS a week, mm -hmm. parents asking me stuff, the kids, my coach, my kid doesn't want it as much as I do. After the pandemic, all he wants to do is play Fortnite and, hey, he doesn't want to practice anymore. I tell the parent, I go, that's awesome. Stop pushing sports. Push Fortnite. The problem is we're scared to push passion on people that, that doesn't seem sexy or successful, where I think now that's the winning. And that's the why you're talking about. That's where you find your why. Yeah, I mean, I think that because that is stifled, I don't think people ever learn how to develop passion for doing things. You know, it's like, you know, people grow up, they change, you move through seasons of your life. Like, would you rather that your, your kid knows how to, you know, play ball? Or would you rather your kid understand how to be passionate about the things that they want in life? You know, and so it's a huge lesson. It's a great point, you know, like teach people how to find that fire. So when they're in the situation that they have something that they want to go all in on, that they know how to burn the ships and get laser focused and, you know, not let anything else get in their way. I love that, dude. You said you had two kids. What do you got? Boy, girl, two girls, two, two boys. boys, two boys. Yep. What ages? Uh, three and two months. No way. Three and two months. What names? Uh, Jake and Jordan. Jake and Jordan. Wife, American or Hispanic? Uh, she's Jewish. Jewish. Okay. So yeah. there you go. Russian Jew. So blonde hair, blue eyed. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Are you going to push sports at all? Did you play any sports? 
Uh, I played uh, baseball. I played soccer. Uh, I wrestled, uh, but then figured out that I really liked playing golf. <laughs> You're a golf guy. Yeah. Dude, how often – I that to me, that's my favorite sport. I just worked with two golfers this week of just mindset with the dads because golf is different than, than, let's say, baseball because baseball, the field's there, and the parent has to at least be forced to stay behind the fence. Yeah. But in golf, you're with your son, you're the caddy, so you can literally be in the green with him and stuff like yeah. that. Total different mindset, stuff like that, man. How early are you going to get your son involved in golf? Um, you know, I, I, I take him now, you know, like my three-year-old. I take him to the golf course now. I just kind of show, you know, I let him watch me. We drive around in the carts. Like, I just took him. Um, we're members of a Turnberry. And I took him to the course and we're driving around and I'm like, okay, buddy, I'm going to get it up on the green and then you got to put it in, you know, and then you give him the club and he's trying to do it. And then I'm showing him how to do it. He goes, dad, you're really good at teaching me how to do things. No way. <laughs> how good does that feel, man? When he tells you that, how good does that feel? Ah, dude. I mean, it's kids are the, uh, the most insane blessing in the world. Like I'm so show me joy and happiness that I never knew I could experience. And, you know, Seeing the world, them experience the world and learn things is just, man, words can't describe how good it feels. You it's know? crazy. I, did you always want to be a father? Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I was the reverse. I wanted to be like Oprah. Have everybody be my kids, but no kids, you know? But yeah. then my wife wanted two, and I got two now. I Are you going to try for the girl at all, or are you done? Uh, probably not. You know, like I'm, I'm game for a third. It's hard to think about right now. Cause we're just getting out of, you know, the whole, the whole thing. And so yeah. you don't want to talk to your wife about having kids after they have a kid, unless they're one of those freak of nature women that are just like, I want to have nine babies. Right. 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 Um, but you know, so, so maybe probably not. I know she would have wanted to have a girl, but I'm so pumped that we had two boys. <laughs> Dude, that house is going to be on fire, bro. That house is going to be on fire. Let's yeah. get into the live events. Yeah. Great business, great energy, great stuff, man. You have something now, 30 days, a challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk so, about that. So, I mean, we do, in my mind, the best events uh, for business and entrepreneurs in the country. Uh, we did one in Miami last uh, year before last had 34,000 tickets sold for that event. So Super Bowl weekend, Super Bowl weekend, which is not easy. Yep. And I think we put more people in the stadium, uh, you know, than the Marlins had. So uh, <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a, it was a great deal. So we put on great events, but um, now obviously with COVID things are changing and people are changing the way that they engage and interact with their public and their audience. And so we put together a challenge Um People are hurting right now. People are struggling right now. People are trying to figure out how to improve their situation and they don't have time to do it. They need it now. And so we put together a 10-day challenge called the 10X Challenge, where for 10 days straight, Grant's going to go live for 60 to 90 minutes. And he's going to be talking about uh, different things that you can do immediately. Like these are instant uh, tactics, strategies, hacks, tips, uh, that you can put to work that will actually like you'll you'll hear it at night and then the next day you'll use it and you'll see an improvement. Um, and so so we're excited about having some positive impact. We got about a hundred thousand people registered for it so far. Uh, people can get signed up at grantcardone.com forward slash challenge. Uh, grantcardone.com forward slash challenge. It's absolutely free to join and and we think that we'll be able to get a massive group of people uh, to commit to just 10 days, an hour a day. Anybody can do that, uh, to, to figure out how to jumpstart their, their current situation. Everybody could use a hand, a hand right now. And, uh, and we want to provide not only a hand, but a little bit of push. I love that. I love that. Is it pre-recorded? Is it live? How do, how does that work? So every day we're going live. Uh, so it'll be live. Grant's going to have some special guests on, uh, Kenny Smith from TNT, uh, basketball player Kenny Baguette, he just agreed to do it. Damon John's going to speak. Uh, Jay Shetty, Jesse Itzler, uh, Rebecca Minkoff, uh, Dave Grutman's going to come on and and, and share. Uh, so we got a, we got a good lineup of some people: Tim Grover, uh, Eric Worre, uh, the a, a buddy of ours, Dar Man, who's got a massive social audience, nine billion views on YouTube, twenty three million followers. Wow. Um, and so they all kind of have their little superpower that we're going to 
uh, that we're going to bring them on and have them have them talk about and uh, impart some some wisdom on on the group. I love that, dude. What are we doing for the Spanish bilingual community, bro? Uh. I don't know. Right uh, here, right here. We're gonna hook you up. We We're need, gonna hook you up. We need, we need, we need, we need some some translations. You know, Grant. See, the problem with Grant is he don't even speak English. You know, so. <laughs> I, 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 Jared, I think you guys are missing right now some bald heads and beards. Yeah, right. <laughs> he don't speak English, dude. That it's so funny. As I hear you speak English, man, I I really like you have a very clean delivery. And I think that helps you a lot. When I speak, what I had somebody give me the, we just had, I think like two weeks ago, we had Diamond Dallas Page, the wrestler. DDP. DDP, the yeah. man, DDP. I had him on the show. And one of, one of my, one of the guys who I know that's probably the most successful guy I know, super, super, super successful, super well-known, he goes to me, coach, you know what the number one thing you have going for you? And I didn't know if he was insulting me or giving me a huge compliment. He goes, your ability to believe everything you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't have that clean English like you guys have and stuff. So I'm a big <laughs> fan of that, man. And I always encourage people that have that clean, clean, clean delivery to do more. Because you have such talent there, man. Thank and keep that. that going, bro. Because not only look, look how effective you are that the toughest person for you to communicate with is your kids because yeah. they, and you have your son that just pretty much idolizes you at a very young age. And he still doesn't really know how really cool you are, man. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a gift. And I want to encourage you more to do that, man, because I think there's a big future in that with you too, with also with what you're doing, brother. I appreciate that. And I, and I will say that this is, uh, uh, of all the podcasts I've done and I'm not blowing smoke right now, like of all the podcasts that I've done, like this has been, you, you, you do have a way of communicating like, in a very conversational way. Um, I don't know if you had questions prepared for this. It didn't seem like it. And I think that one of the signs of a good interviewer isn't just the questions they ask, but it's, it's, it's the answers that they get. And not because they ask a question, because it's never usually the first question that gets you the answer that you want. It's usually probing questions that come after that. And, um, and I think that a, a sign of a great in interviewer is, it's somebody who could go into an interview with a couple questions, but then ask 50 questions. A thousand percent, man. A thousand percent. I agree. I really, really appreciate the, the professionalism and the way that this conversation has gone. Dude, I got to make up for this look. The look looks just like I'm on vacation here. See, I'm tricking them, Jared, because what I'm doing is I looks like I'm partying, but it's all business. It's all yeah. like work ethic, dude. I love it, man. Bro, I'm going to... You're gonna. I'm gonna ask you for links. We're gonna post everything. We're gonna. We're gonna make sure that at least the bilingual community. I got a big bilingual following, yeah. big Latin following. That they get you. That they get what you're doing. We're gonna shoot them to the podcast. All that stuff, man. Before I let you go, any question for me, man? Anything I can help you with? Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think. I think what I would want to know from you is when you see everything that we're doing um, online. What's your feedback? Like, what do you think we're missing? Other than, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Grant calls himself Grand Carbrone. Cab Cab Cabrón? I don't Cabron. think... El Gran Cabrón. El Gran Cabrón. Yeah. El Gran Cabrón. You know what the answer to that is, Jared? More. And you know it too, bro. Just more. Mm -hmm. Why a one-day-a-week show? Why not a seven-day-a-week show? Yeah. Right? Because, dude, you're... Listen, if you were some idiot, I'd go, bro... Listen, do one weekend that get, get the hell out of there. But you're such a cool guy, and you got this. You're not a tryhard. You're a helpful guy that the people are gonna gravitate to, and you get this all the time. I'm not telling you anything new. Just more, man. Yeah. More. Have switch it up. Have a Spanish dude. Have a Latin dude. Do do a bilingual thing. You know, answer questions in bilingual. You know that, what I'm saying? That, that that's the part I think. You know, I, I'm really heavily involved in LinkedIn and social media, and. You know, your message is outstanding and phenomenal, but think of how many people don't speak English yeah. that can't hear it. I know. So, so you guys need a vessel in that Latin community that could transport them there. We we um, we just recently uh, finished getting Cardone University translated in Spanish. You know, you, 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 the, the problem with translation 
everybody's got their own idea of, of how the language should sound. It's, it's, I, I never, I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to translate to Spanish. Everybody's going to be pumped. But then the Mexicans say that the Spanish is wrong. And then the Colombians right. say the Spanish is, is true. wrong. And, then- and don't even get the Cubans. But well, listen, it's, it's, but it's, look how, look how awesome it is that you just said that, bro. That's the number one problem with text message. Yeah. Sometimes, like if I text you right now and I go, yo, what's going on, bro? That has a total different vibe than I go, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? So yeah. that's the hard part, man. But that's why I love the live stuff and all that things because they're seeing your vibe. And we started yeah. off with this with just vibe. And the vibe you have and the company and Grant is, yeah, man, listen, we're celebrating life because what's the point of living if we're not going to celebrate it? Yeah. But we're helping people and we're documenting our success. So my answer to just a winning team that you guys is more. more yeah. Without burning out, more. Okay, I did one show. HP said Thursday. Why not Monday, Tuesday? And listen, you guys are going to be out of town. But you live stream from out of town. You talk, mm-hmm. hey, listen, guys, we just closed on a $3 billion property in Dubai. Yeah. Well, now let's help you guys at uh, Dade County. Let me yeah. help my people in New York. Let me help my people, whatever. Dude, so I just think that, man. Brother, I'm so excited. I'm so happy that you guys are, are in Miami. I got to come. When everything settles, I'm going to come check out the operation. Yeah, man. Give you guys some love, talk, and just any help I can be. Ivan's there. Any help we can be. It's a platform for people. I'm not in the business of money, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'm in the business of positivity and of happiness, and that's what I care about. So anybody that I can help, man, in an organization, and we could push everything to you, you can count on me for that, my man. I love it. I love it. We'll have to go play golf sometime. You're in Miami, so no. One one thousand percent. I'll show you my short game. I'll show you, dude. We'll have <laughs> golf stories left and right. We'll bring the kid so he could see two legends on the field. Yeah, come on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. My man, thank you so much for your time. I can't thank you enough for your honesty. We're going to be in touch. Such a winning team for a winning dude and a winning organization. So happy. I, I wish you nothing but success when we'll be in touch. Yeah, man. I thank you so much. And I just to everybody listening to this, like HP got it down, man. He, he's, he's, a, he's a good dude. He's got a good mindset. Like the way he sees the world is something that more people need. So keep plugging into this. And the best thing you can do to help him out is tell more people to listen to him. Because this is, I've done a lot of interviews and this is one of the best interviews that I've ever been a part of. And so I wanted to thank you for that. My brother, thank you so much, dude. Enjoy your week. We'll be in touch, okay? Thank Thanks, you. Take care. Take care okay. All right. Boom. Thank you guys so much for listening to the whole podcast. Please, if you haven't yet, subscribe. Give us that love. Thank you to Jared for giving us his time. Thank you to Grant Cardone for giving us the experience. Remember, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, keep going hard, do your thing. I love every single one of you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.